The stranger had ignored the boy's last question. This seemed only to irritate him. You are my guest. It is rude to not answer my question. The stranger seemed only now to realize what he had done, though the boy suspected it was an act. What? I'm sorry, boy. What was your question? The boy shifted his focus, wanting to progress in the story. What is the cause? The stranger looked confused. Cause of what? Many things have causes. Of the war. The war between the Aesir and Vanir. The stranger shook his head. Ask Freya and Thor, and you will have two different answers. Freya will say the Aesir were the invaders. Thor will say it was the Vanir. Two groups of gods, a migration, and a violent conflict. The details are lost to history. Yet, in all tales of creation, Odin was there. A curious thing, is it not? The boy said nothing, and the stranger continued. Let me tell you a tale. It is a long one, and it begins with the conclusion of the war and the bragging of the poet Bragi. Tell me, boy, have you ever wondered where poetry comes from? Where people who are good poets and people who are bad poets get their inspiration for their craft? The boy shook his head, for he had not thought about it. Oh, well, it is a curious thing why some people are good and some are bad at poetry, and why inspiration flows and ebbs. I shall tell you of the mead of poetry and the end of the war of the gods. Come, boy, bring me your mother's mead. Welcome to Goddessy, Season 2, Episode 6, The All-Father. This mead is sweet, but it has a harsh aftertaste. But I thank you all the same. It is not unlike the mead that Odin opened at the Thing of the Gods, when peace was discussed. A thing? You ask me what this is. A thing is a council, a meeting of leaders, to discuss a topic. This was the first thing where all Aesir and Vanir were present, for their very way of life was at stake. How did Odin convince the Vanir to meet them? Recall when Odin hung from Yggdrasil, the world tree, that he saw a vision of Frey resting there, his soul troubled. It was not a vision, but Odin's waking mind. Upon his return to Yggdrasil, Odin trusted his instincts and followed the guidance of his runes and found Frey there. Odin presented no arms to the Vanir, and Frey in turn did not draw his sword. We must end this, Njord's son. Bring your host to Asgard, for we have no walls and no halls. Bring your arms if you wish, but come in peace. This war harms the nine worlds. If we come together, we can do better for ourselves and for those in the lower worlds. Hearty Frey was handsome, tall and fair, with a firm jaw and eyes like gems in a dragon toward. He regarded both Odin, now with one eye and a scar around his neck, and the Jotun beside him, for Mimir had come with Odin to Yggdrasil and would continue with him. I will speak to my father, the king, and consult with my sister. You are right, and Frey and I have long talked about what we must do to end this war. As Odin turned to leave, Frey spoke once more. I am sorry about your brothers. And I am sorry for your people, for the losses you have endured. We must put aside this tit for tat, said Odin, though it felt contrary to him, to who he used to be. But this journey had changed Odin fundamentally, and he was no longer merely the king of Asgard. 
Come three days hence to the tree at the center of Asgard. Odin and Mimir arrived in Asgard, much as Odin had left it before. Shelters had been made of the ashes, and under Ullir's leadership, there was no progress in attempting to rebuild any hall. He understood that Odin would lead that effort, and Odin thanked him for it. All eyed Odin warily, seeing his missing eye and that he walked openly with a Jotun. Even Loki seemed leery despite his own heritage. Frigga alone was the exception, embracing her husband and touching beneath his eye, then down to his neck. She did not grimace, she did not turn away, but smiled. And here I thought you'd come back with both eyes missing and no teeth. Odin smiled, wrapping his fingers around hers. I can go sacrifice those too, if you wish. Frigga rolled her eyes. If it kept you from wandering, I'd take your legs, but I know it would take more than that to keep you upon your throne. You have a plan? An answer to the end of the war, short of genocide? Frigga is a remarkable woman, supportive in war, but no lover of it. She knows the price war takes upon mothers above all others. She has paid the price of war herself, and the price is too high. The next three days went by quickly with Odin in charge. The rubble was moved away more quickly, led by Thor and Tyr, and a feast was in the making. Idun's apples were prepared for all involved, for Idun's apples are what keep the gods youthful in soul, if not for physically. For make no mistake, Odin never looks young, even if he is immortal and under the influence of those apples. A boar was prepared in Frey's honor, and a host of fish from the sea, too. Odin knew his counterpart among the Vanir, and wise and kind was he. Njord was a widower, master of the sea, and keeper of sailors and ships. The bounty of the sea was his to give, and given the sacrifice of these fish would honor him. How, then, could they honor Freya? Of the three leading gods of the Vanir, it was Freya who was the wild card. She was the vulva of her people, the most powerful wielder of magic Odin knew of, for she commanded Sidir. She was capricious, a storm of a woman, with a chariot driven by cats and a command of people that was unequaled. If Odin feared anyone, it was Freya. For her, Odin prepared the finest of their remaining grain stores in a variety of dishes. Three days, and when the third day dawned, Odin was unsurprised to see the host of the Vanir led by Frey and Freya in their chariots, his driven by boars and hers driven by massive cats. Between and behind them was a tall man, thin and gnarly, his feet strangely beautiful and immaculate. He had a sadness to him, and Odin felt it in him enter him and make him long for Frigga's embrace. He did not know Njord's wife or how she had perished. Few knew, and no one spoke of her death. The host of the Vanir came unarmed and were largely a host of what looked like farmers, wanderers, and craftsfolk. Their ranks were smaller, too, and the only benefit they had were a multitude of magicians and sorcerers, all using Sidir. It would not be difficult to take them if they wanted to. They would not, Odin knew, for he was an honorable god. Hail, children of the sea, and hail Njord. I am Odin, and I welcome you as guest to Asgard. My protection is over you, and you are safe here. I declare that it is our intent to end this conflict and bring peace between our people. But first, let us feast as equals. 
and so it was. The tension was high at first, as Aesir and Vanir were uncertain who should make the first move. Odin, Frigga, and Idun came forth, and made a plate for Frey, Freya, and Njord, showing their goodwill. Soon tensions began to thaw, and a song rose among them, Bragi joining the musicians of the Vanir and singing together with them. As the day continued, Odin and Njord spoke among themselves, and came to a common purpose. Njord, lord of the sea, saw the wisdom of Odin, lord of the skies. And Odin, too, saw the wisdom of Njord, for he wanted peace and prosperity for humanity, and he was strong in morals and leadership. Peace could be achieved once the grievances were aired. The thing was called to order, and Odin led it. I call you all here, Aesir, Vanir, and our allies among the elves and Jotuns. We are a proud peoples of the upper worlds of Vanaheim, of Andalfheim, and of Asgard. Yet we do not prosper, we suffer instead. We quarrel with one another, and for it our people have not benefited. The walls of Asgard have been sundered, and we have all lost friends and family, lovers and siblings, children and parents. The humans look to us for guidance. What do we offer them? Our wisdom, yet we lack the wisdom to not slay one another. Jotuns infringe more and more daily, and only Thor can save us, both Aesir and Vanir. Yet we squabble in combat. It matters not who started the war. What matters is that we end it. Frey gave a response, agreeing. And so too did Heimdall and Loki, and it was Loki's words that impressed many turning them to the cause that everyone had suffered from Odin to the lowly servants. His words were as honey, and soon Njord agreed. The lords and ladies of both sides rose. Then rose Freya, dressed in jewels and petting her cat. Her eyes were like green fire, her hair plaited and elaborate. She looked over the gathered host for a moment and then spoke. I hear wisdom here today, good lords and ladies gathered, but I must ask, what is the price of peace? What do we give up? In peace I see that in essence we will answer to Odin and to Frigga, or that we will face the full frightful force of Thor. What do the Vanir gain by being subservient? We are not dogs, we are wolves, and we will not be tamed by upstarts. This challenge gave rise to many hoops, several boos, and silence too. Odin rose and looked around the gathered gods. Wolves you are, and wolves you shall remain, but rabid wolves do not serve our purpose. I have wandered the nine worlds these past few days. I have hung from Yggdrasil for nine days. I have given my eye at the well of Mimir, who sits here as my guest and uncle and advisor too. I did not give up my eye to conquer, but to collaborate. Two people must become one, a marriage of peoples and ideas. Remain, Vanir, and we will remain Aesir. But I am no longer merely the king of the Aesir. Infused in me is the essence of all nine worlds, which I crafted from the bones and body of Amir, the great Jotun of creation. His essence is in me. I drank at the well of Mimir, and it entered me as I hung for nine days. There I learned wisdom, a way to tap into the fate that binds us all and gain glimpses. I offer you this gift, Freya, Njord's daughter. Let me teach you of the runes given to me by the Nine Worlds as I sacrifice myself to the Allfather, to myself. For I gave all beings a soul, I crafted the means by which we all prosper. Freya came closer, looking at Odin up and down. 
a knife at her hip. She alone had a weapon, though it was as much for her magic as for anything. Frigga nearby watched, her apprehension bare on Odin's senses. Show me. The large golden tree at Asgard's center began to glow, and its light revealed the runes glowing and floating. Frey spoke for Odin then. Does this suffice, sister? Shh, she said. I'm reading. She seemed to understand it naturally. Frey smiled, nodding to Odin. It was answer enough. Then we shall have peace. Frey, I believe you have a way to bind our oats to one another. Indeed, Frey did, for he was the master of peace and agreements. Producing a moderate-sized cauldron that was amber in color, Frey gave instructions. We shall each of us spit into the cauldron, and there our spit will mix and become one. The product, if truly peaceful, will then reveal itself. One by one, Aesir and Vanir passed on opposite sides of the cauldron, and each of them spit into it. You find this disgusting, boy. Tis true. But that is how it was done in those days. Do not judge the gods. They judge you. Soon, the many multitude of gods had spit into the cauldron. Solar Suna, her sister Muna, long-legged Hynir and Lothar too, Heimdall and Njord and Adun and the twins Frey and Freya, all the Aesir and Vanir spit into the cauldron, the whole host of the gods and their guests. And when the task was done, the mixture turned into a honey color, rose from the cauldron, and began to expand into a man. The figure that formed there, nude, was male and beautiful. Freya showed much interest in this creature. Odin and Frey came closer, franked by Frigga and Freya. We greet you, god born of the union of our people. What do we call you, and what is your domain? The figure smiled and beheld everyone. I am Kvasir, and my business is good nature and honeyed words, spoken between friends. Frey and Odin clasped hands. The union was fulfilled, and the crowd cheered. Mamir then spoke, wise in his ways. To ensure peace will last, I propose that both sides send hostages to one another to ensure goodwill is maintained for a time. Odin, Njord, who shall you send? Njord then rose and spoke, his voice like the sea. I will go to for my people and stay in Asgard as it is rebuilt, and I shall bring my two children with me to show our goodwill. Of the Aesir I do not demand Odin, but a substitute, one of equal power. When humanity was granted the gifts of the gods, was it not Hynir who gave them curiosity and inspiration? Let him come to Vanaheim and sit in our council and things. Mimir saw this was wise and nodded. I shall go with Lord Odin's permission to advise Hynir. Odin gave permission. The feast continued long into the night, and Odin laid out his plan. The gods would wander the nine worlds and help humans and elves alike to do better, to be better, to innovate and create and grow. Heimdall would teach them to divide their people into different positions and privileges, from king to servant and slave, and then become their patron. Thor would teach strength of arms and how to conquer nature. Tyr would teach warfare and honor. Freya would teach magic, Frigga the ways of good governance in household and government. Frey would teach agriculture, and Bragi the potence of poetry. 
and Kvasir he would wander too, after Bragi insulted him one night. At the hearth of Odin's fire, Bragi, drunk, gave a song of how the peace was won. Though he did not outright say it, he implied that the Aesir brought the Vanir to heal through strength of arms to the table to negotiate and be subjugated. The Vanir hosts gathered there that night were not pleased, but it was Kvasir who spoke for them. He said that Bragi was bragging, insulting the guests of his lord Odin. Bragi, haughty that night, said that though Kvasir was beautiful in word and appearance, he was a fool indeed, for he knew nothing and did nothing of value except be beautiful. How could he write songs worthy and lay deeds of others out unless he wandered the world and knew of sadness, sorrow, and loss? The next day, Kvasir left Asgard and began to wander the world. Odin did not stop him and left him to his devices. And for many a human year, Odin and the gods of Asgard and Vanaheim lived in a kind of peace. But our story is only beginning, boy, and soon you shall learn of the mistake of Bragi and of Odin. This is the beginning of the tale Skald's Kapadamal, the language of poetry, a tale stating how mankind gained poetry from the gods, both good and bad. It is a long and good saga, and Odin is the star of it. This section is largely relegated to backstory, but I have expanded it to connect to the rest of Odin's story, the extended prelude, so to speak. I have also used this as a way to introduce Frey, Freya Njord, and introduce Bragi, who will be important going forward in a lot of different tales, including the ending of this one. Frey and Freya are the foremost of the Vanir, and their father Njord is the king of the Vanir. Who is their mother? Unknown, but in some myths, she is already and tragically deceased. While Njord famously remarries, the identity of Njord's first wife is suggested to be the famed Germanic goddess Nerthus, a goddess of the sea and land to whom slaves were sacrificed on an island before war and during a yearly feast. The Romans famously wrote about her, and it is suggested that her connection to the sea is her marriage to Njord. That said, we ultimately don't know, but I will be hinting at Nerthus more in the next season of the Norse sagas. Kvasir is a weird little god. He's made of a mixing of spit of the Aesir and Vanir, and is important in a few myths, but in the tale of the meat of poetry, he is the central catalyst to everything that happens. I'll have more to say on him in the next episode, when the story gets altogether darker in the past few episodes have been. Goddessy is written, researched, and produced by Greg Wright. Additional writing and editing by Sidney Yeager, who, while not a tamed wolf, is certainly house-trained. Music by Scott Buckley, whose Creative Commons music can be found at www.scottbuckley.com.au. Follow Goddessy on social media at The Goddessy Podcast. We share mythology factoids daily from all over the world, hilarious memes, and occasionally real-world wisdom. And when you do, reach out and share Goddessy with your friends, followers, and shadowy fiends of Svartalheim. We can also be reached via email. All those can be found in the show notes, so check us out there. Your support keeps this show going. If you like what you've heard, leave a review on the podcast service of your choice and help others find us. Share us on social media and whisper to the nameless eagle above Yggdrasil, who in anger beats his wings and brings winds to the nine worlds. If you want to support the show more directly, you can get access to weekly blog, deep dives, and early access episodes on our Patreon. The link there is also below. Goddessy releases every Monday. See you next week, Far Traveler.